Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Welcome to Kicked Back, a home for football fans that want to stay up to date on everything going on in the football world. Join Caroline, Liam, and some special guests along the way as they talk about all the trending news around leagues, players, teams, and much more. Now, all you got to do is get comfortable and kick back because we're about to get started. Kicked Back, episode five. Hi, everyone. Caroline, Liam. Liam, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm excited for this episode because it's not not that we don't love talking about the Premier League. Of course we do, but it's just we have so much other football to talk about, and it's scheduled in the show today. It's a different flavor. It's of different flavor. Back. I love we it. We got a little a bit of Italian, a little German. Maybe some French in yeah. there. A little spice. Liam's wearing a button-up shirt, everybody, for those uh, who can see. Dress for the occasion. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I, we were just saying off-camera that one of the craziest things about this football season is every day there's not even unbelievable, like amazing, exciting news, but there's just news that's almost low-key jaw-dropping because you don't expect to hear it or you don't expect to see these things happen. And we have got that with the new Casemiro United news. Maybe the most random news of the summer, <laughs> to be honest. Like, I didn't... Like, at first I saw this report and I was like, oh, okay, just another... Just another hit and a miss for United, like just seeing what they can do to try and appease the fans. And next thing, like people are like, oh no, like they're talking. Like Real Madrid has basically just got to agree to this at this point. And then if they do, like he's a Manchester United player. Which to me is nuts because what, Liam, two, three episodes on this show, we were saying how much we love the midfield at Real Madrid. Mm -hmm. It was one of my biggest reasons as to why Real Madrid's going to win La Liga and Champions League two seasons in a row. So I, when I saw that, I said, oh my goodness, of all players, the best defensive midfielder in the world, in my opinion right now, to go to United. Now, apparently, and we all know rumors are swirling in the football world. We don't ever know what's true, even with our boy Fabrizio. But Real Madrid apparently don't want to sell him, but they have left it up to Casemiro. And Casemiro is... I guess, considering it because the rumor is that United want to double his salary, which would put him at 60 million pounds. Yeah. I mean, how can you turn that down? And like we briefly spoke before and to just like, what? Did, he has nothing else to accomplish at Real Madrid. Like he's won it all. And I think if he left, I, it's, he's not leaving him in a bad spot either. Like we spoke about, they have two or many Camavingas uh, there as yeah. well. Like they can, they have time now too. Like it's the 18th of August when we're recording this. They have time to go out and find another player to replace him. If they really want to yeah. bring in more depth, like there's options like hell, David Alaba can play there if yeah. they really want him to. They've, they have enough there. And if Casemiro goes like this is, I, it's hard to say what it means for United. I think it changes them in a sense of like, 
they've finally filled a position yes. of need, which is what we spoke about last show. Is like they figured it out. Now they don't have to play Fred there every week. It kind of kind of frees everybody else up to play in roles that they're more suited. Like I'd be curious to see if this happens. Like what happens to Erickson and F- uh, Bruno Fernandez? Like how much better do they get with Casemiro in the team? I just don't know if one player has the ability to fix what's going on in United right now. And that's nothing against Casemiro because he is, in my opinion, the best defensive midfielder we've seen in a long time, plays extremely aggressive football, high football IQ, does the dirty work for Real Madrid, which we've spoke to before on this show. And of course, a huge addition to a United team that needs a player like that. But if there is toxicity in that club, which we have known has been the case for a long time, a.k.a. Jose Mourinho and his comments. Will one guy at this point in time be able to turn it around? I don't know. Yeah, even Ralph Ragnick said it too, kind of towards the end. He's like, there's a lot of personalities in this room that shouldn't be here or don't fit the mold. And like, I feel like we're seeing those those characters come out a little bit more now that they're losing games more often. And I guess the hope would be that Casemiro's a winner. Like yes. he knows what it takes. And, yes. you know, they've got Rafael Varane there now too, who's won with Real Madrid. Like, Call Harry Maguire what you want. He's an international football player who's played in a Euro final, been to a World Cup semifinal. Like, he's a professional player. And, like, there's guys around that team that I think can turn it around. I just think guys need to be put in the right positions yeah. to help that. And I think it just helps the confidence level. Yeah. And I think when players also see, it's like, okay, we've gone out and we've got the mm-hmm. best defensive midfielder in the world. Oh, this team's serious. Like we're not just sitting True. back and taking this punishment anymore. Like we're trying to push ahead and hopefully like, again, another reference to another show, but like we said it off the start, like the league's better when United are better. I and agree. I do think having Casemiro would make them better. And I'd be curious to see how this helps them within a transfer market in the sense of what other players can they now attract if they can get Casemiro through the door or are they just going to have to throw the bank at every single player that comes at them? Well, thank God Rabio's not making headlines anymore because that was not the right decision. Casemiro is definitely the right decision. I actually really like your perspective. If United are able to sign Casemiro, does that change the energy at the club in a different way that now the players are like, okay, ownership is taking care of us and signing the players that we need. Maybe Harry Maguire, who's been shit on more than any other footballer, and I don't agree with that, starts playing well because he has a guy like Casemiro behind him. I think it helps. And it was funny too, because there was a report that Rabio could, they couldn't agree on personal terms because he wanted <laughs> well, so much shocking. money. <laughs> so you got to wonder, like, I wonder if they saw what Rabio wanted and we're like, well, why don't we just offer this to a significantly better player? Maybe that's it. Like that literally just came to my head when you said it, but it's, I wonder if that was kind of like part of it, but I think this is good. If United can get a striker to kind of, and maybe even another winger in the transfer window, they'll be, they'll be yeah. better. Like they don't have a lot of time, 12 days, 12, 13 days, whatever it is. But if this one gets over the line, like we'll see what happens. It, it, maybe Monday's a different game when they play Liverpool. Which would be crazy. Imagine we start our kickback show for the first time ever. In the first few episodes of our show, we're basically doing Manchester United has not been doing well. So we're, we're reporting what's true, but 
technically shitting on the club because it's been painful for them. But by the end of our show, by the end of the Premier League, what if they turn it around? I think they could, to be honest. We, we talked like, about this, yeah. I would like to make this clear if anyone thinks this. Manchester United will not get relegated. I don't think season. so either. <laughs> no, and obviously big relegation battle on Monday between Liverpool and Manchester United. Bottom three teams in the league, yeah, which is really crazy. funny. Also, I want to go back to Casemiro at Real Madrid because I do know that we, we've talked about it Kamavinga and Chuameni, they're getting ready and Ancelotti is getting them ready for that role in the midfield. I just don't know if Casemiro's as replaceable as everyone thinks he is. The work that he does on the field is so valuable that I don't know if a guy like Chuameni who's young, I believe he's 22 years old, can just come in off the get and make that much of an impact. And then you take a step back and you see how much uh, Casemiro, Cruz and Modric, how long they've played together for, and they're comfortable together. So now all of a sudden, taking out that quarterback out of that trio is going to affect that team. Ancelotti said the other day, the reason why Kamavinga and Chuameni are not getting as much playing time as everyone wants is because they're not performing in the game like he's seen them perform at practice, which I find interesting. And then he said something that is very profound. He said the weight of a Real Madrid jersey is very heavy. So he goes that he thinks that they're going to do fine, but right Right now, there's probably a lot of pressure, expectation, and eyes on them, which is true. Uh, but it seems like I feel like Ancelotti might be in a position now as a head manager to be like, Casemiro leaving is very probable. It could happen. So Chuameni's got to step the hell up quick. Yeah, it's... Uh the weight's almost probably as heavy as a Manchester United yes. jersey, to yeah. be honest. Like Seriously. Two massive clubs, arguably the two biggest in the world. And it's funny you say that because I watched the second half of their game against Alamira on Saturday, I think it was. And in the first half, they started many and I believe even Camavinga might have even started. And in the second half, they brought on the Cruz and yep. Alaba came on. And the game was so different. Mm -hmm. Like, they dominated the yeah. game. And it just shows that, like... You can't just step into a Real Madrid lineup and be like, oh, I play for Real Madrid now. Where the, I'm one of the best players in the world. It's like, no, like there was guys in the past who would do that. And that's why Real Madrid weren't as successful yeah. as they should have been when Barcelona was dominating yeah. the world. Like there wasn't much competition from Real Madrid, to be honest, in a way. Like now Real Madrid are yeah. the best team in the world. And these players, I guess, need to realize that like, Yes, you're on this team, but like you're not Modric, you're not yeah, Cruz, you're not exactly. Kamavinga. So Earn that. that's a good point. Like, is Ancelotti even going to allow this to happen? Like, I hope not. Honestly, I, I hope not. I I'm I'm split. I kind of do want to see it because I I just like seeing those big players come to the Premier League. Yes, I it's do true. believe it's the best league in the world, and it's a lot different than playing in the Champions League. And Casemiro. I think could come into Manchester United and honestly make a massive impact on this team. I think just that anchor role between the defense and the midfield is so vacant right yeah. now. And it was so evident on Saturday when they played Brentford and even on uh, last Saturday when they played Brighton, the one before. And he would make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And I, I really hope this one happens. So I, it looks like within the next couple of days, I'm sure like when we get here on Tuesday, we'll have a way clearer picture of what wait. they're going to be. And you know, it's the same position kind of that Ten Hag was in. He had an, a great season with Ajax, won the season and high risk, high reward gets mm. offered the job at United. Does he sink or swim right now? He's like, not completely sunk, but you know, he's treading water. So Casemiro has to now make the same decision. And I want to ask you this question. If you're Casemiro at 30 years old, do you consider the fact that Manchester United is willing to double your salary? 
and go play at a club right now that everyone is saying is chaotic and in shambles, but have the ability to potentially turn it around and make the best money you could make in your career. And that's probably your last chance to make money like that. Or stay at Real Madrid, the best club in the world, continue getting paid what you're being paid and potentially win back-to-back La Ligas and win back-to-back Champions League titles, playing with your best friends in the middle of the pitch. What are you picking? Um, I honestly think I would go. With the money. I think the money. Liam's selling his soul. (laughs) You got to chase it. I just think sometimes you see these guys who kind of stick around and like obviously he's getting a a nice handsome paycheck every week, but why not double it? Like honestly, like he's still going to be a great player United. It is in shambles, but... You also, I wouldn't go if I didn't believe that I could make a difference and that United could turn this around. Like, we're only two games into the season. Yeah. Arsenal were bottom of the league last season too and were one point out of Champions League at the end of the year. Like, I think sometimes it just takes a bit of a a switch to change everything and just that confidence. Confidence wins you football games more than skill. true. It's very true. Yeah. And we're in hard work. That's why yeah. it pissed me off to watch the Manchester United Brentford highlights because they said they weren't winning. They weren't getting first to any ball. They were getting pushed off the ball. And I'm like, boys, you don't have to have it all figured out right now, but just run. Do, do the work, do the work, have the confidence. And what did Brentford had? Yeah, the, the, exactly. <laughs> confidence, exactly. hard work, and not as much skill. Love it. Okay. I think if I'm Casemiro, what excites me is the potential of playing with Ronaldo and being coached by Ten Hag. Yeah, it'd be definitely a, a different flavor, for sure. But in the same breath, I think that if I'm 30 years old and I've had such a legendary career at Real Madrid and I could win back-to-back La Ligas, which you said hasn't been done in... 2009, yeah. I think the last time was. And Almost 10 years, whatever And win the Champions League. And you know with the type of footballer he is, he loves the sport so much. I think I, I don't know. I think I might stay. I think I might avoid the drama and, and stay with a solid club. But that's me playing it safe, guys. I play it safe sometimes. So I, I like the risk. I like the risk of going. I like the risk of making what was the best team in the world, the best team in the world again and being a part of the solution. Yep. Okay. Ballon d'Or nominations. (laughs) Yes. Messi fans. uh, This is a trigger warning. So if you uh, are easily triggered by any comment that doesn't put Messi in the best light, not that we would say anything bad about him, uh, you know, just letting you know that this is coming. He's been left off the Ballon d'Or nominations list for the first time since 2005, Liam, and it caused an uproar in the football community. It sure did. I agree. <laughs> I'm not sure why. Yeah. Like, I, I shouldn't say I'm not sure why. He's obviously Messi, arguably yeah, the best respect. player ever. Yeah. But respect to the award, like at the same in the same breath, like Messi had a season statistically that wasn't as good as it was. It was his, literally his worst season since his second pro season ever. 11 goals in all competitions last season and only six league goals. That's And, and we all know that PSG is an absolute disaster in the Champions League. So I agree with you. And I wonder if the Ballon d'Or has almost... And this is a hard question because Messi fans are the ones who are pissed, but the Ballon d'Or to me, as years have gone on, has lost its prestige because Messi has won it one or arguably two times where he shouldn't have won it. So then I sit back, I'm like, this is annoying because it's rigged. Uh, And no one come for me when I say that. But this year around, Messi doesn't deserve to 
be in the conversation. I say that very fearfully. <laughs> I, I'm with you. Like, and the thing is that we're arguing here is it's not even the fact that we're like, oh, well, everyone on this list has a chance to win. Exactly. It's like, yes, sure. They all technically have a chance to win. Ah, there's probably two guys, two or three guys that mm -hmm. are really in conversation to win this. So what are we arguing here? Are we arguing that Messi should be over Mares, for example, or Phil Foden? Like, I would argue, yes, probably both those guys. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and I know, I know that's a bit of a conversation killer, I suppose, but it's also like, who are you taking out? And like, what what are you taking out here? Like, I like we put together the stats. Like, he literally didn't score more goals than any other forward yep. in this conversation. The only one he was kind of close was, was Bernardo Silva. And mm -hmm. you can argue he's not even really a forward. He's more of a midfielder. And I think that when you get to the level of Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi, they almost at some point start competing with themselves. Yeah. So you're, when you look at his stats, you're not going to compare Messi's stats to necessarily uh, Benzema's. You're going to compare Messi's stats to his last. And that's exactly why everyone's saying this is the last time he's been left off since 2005 when you get to be in the goat conversation, everyone's going to start looking at you compared to what you did last season, last game. And that's the pressure that comes with being one of the best footballers in the world. But if you look at Lionel Messi's season last season, which everyone, you know, his exit from Barcelona, his entrance and introduction into PSG, it wasn't as seamless and smooth, I'm sure, as Messi wanted it to be. And, you know, we'll get into the drama that PSG is in just a second, but Messi not being nominated does not take away from the illustrious career that he's had and the incredible footballer that he is. He just had an off season. And we have to, as human beings, also remember Messi's a human being because he switched not only a club, but two completely different leagues. And PSG is kind of hard to play in. And we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. And I, I think to take some of the, the blame off Messi, I suppose, like PSG was a shambles last shambles. season. Like it just like wasn't working with Pochettino. Like Messi wasn't happy. Neymar wasn't happy. And it just didn't work out and this award is a yearly award and there's nothing to say Messi he's already had a good start to this season like he's got a bicycle kick on the first game of the season like, I know I was nice it was a nice one yeah and there's like nothing to say he can't bounce back and get to it I would argue I would put money on it right now to say he'll be a nominee next year but at the end of the day it it just doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> like, it doesn't. And again, I totally agree with you. You know, he he's in his mid thirties, probably going into his last World Cup. But I'm betting on Messi actually finding another level. Him knowing that this is his last World Cup that he's going to finding another level with Di Maria and their new coach Scaloni to potentially win the World Cup, which it, would be huge for him. It would be. It would change football. It, uh, yeah, and like the conversation would be over. There would be no conversation. No, it wouldn't. It would be messy for sure. And anyone who argues it, and this is coming from a Ronaldo fan who argues it quite often, um, anyone who argues it is just at that point just trying to be, you know, a troll. I it, so I did a bit of research outside of nominees players that weren't nominated, and I think there's more of a case for someone like Thomas Mueller to be a finalist. And like, there's an the argument of like, I oh, well, him. he just assists a Lewandowski. Like, I just looked through a few, like, he doesn't, it's not just Lewandowski he passes through. He had 18 assists last season. He had 19 the year before that. He had 21. Like, he's still, uh, can you believe he's only 32, first exactly. of all, which is crazy. And there's no one arguing that Thomas Mueller should be in this conversation. He had more goals and assists than Messi last year. And, you know, like, I, I just, Again, 
it's not really an argument. We're arguing who should be a nominee yeah. at the end of the day over like guys who aren't even in the conversation, but there's a lot of players out there who don't get nominated for this award. Yep. And I think sometimes for this award, it's based off like, okay, who kind of came out of nowhere and had a great season? Like Sebastian Haller at uh, Ajax had a great year. Will he ever Seriously. do that again? Probably not. Um, Nkuku for Leipzig had another phenomenal season. 20 goals, 13 assists. He had seven in the Champions League. Excellent point. And, you know, you have to give those guys mm -hmm. credit and it can't just be, oh, well... Where's Messi? He's Messi. It's I know. Other guys uh, have stepped up this year and deserve to be on this list more than Messi deserves to be on this list right now. And you know what's crazy about Muller is that he's been, since I've been growing up watching football, he's always been one of the best. Yeah. Highly underrated, Liam. All, he's yeah. not talked about nearly. I'm so glad you brought him up today <laughs> because even for me, someone who's watched him growing up and even for Germany being like the way he played with played with Klose and Podolski, I'm like, this guy's really good. And I don't think we think about him quite enough. He's he's kind of been the hobby of German football for a while. Yes. Yes. And he's definitely, he's, do you know what? He kind of reminds me of Wayne Rooney in a, okay. in a small way of they're very underappreciated until they're gone. Like when Muller moves on and he retires, he'll be remembered as one of the greats. And he is now, obviously, but yeah. I just think he's never in the conversation. And it's like, this guy has won 10 straight yeah. titles in Germany. Well, they have two Champions Leagues yeah. in the last however long. He's won a World Cup. Um, you know, like he just accomplished so much. And I read off those numbers then and granted like Bayern Munich, and we're going to talk about the Bundesliga a little bit later on and just the standard there, but like 21 assists three years ago, 19, 18, he already has two in two games and a goal this season. And it's just like, where's the credit? You know, it's a bit like, it almost feels like Benzema-ish yep. in a way where he's peaking more towards the end of his career because he's found his perfect role in a sense. And... Yeah, I don't know. It's just Mueller's just one of those guys. I'm sure he's right up there for like World Cup goals too. I'm trying to look and see. Oh, he has 10, 10 World Cup goals, I believe, which is nuts. Like he could be, so the record is 16 with closer. Is uh, he real? For, in, obviously for Germany. Uh, no, all time. All time. World Cup goals, all time. Klose, hey? Yeah, Fun 16. fact, everyone, Klose's Polish. So I'm Polish. Yeah. So it was very hard to see our two best footballers of the country, uh, Podolski and Klose, <laughs> go play for the German national team. But I blame that on the Polish national team because I don't think that they were as giving uh, no. to them as they should have been. I remember actually, I believe it was the 2008 Euros that might have been in, was it in Poland? It I was, think there was, or, or it was like, um, it was, I think it was either split. Austria, it was a split it one. It was a split. Yeah. Um, let me look it up. I don't really think we quickly. won. I think we didn't win a game, which was bad because we were hosting, partially hosting. It, it was uh, Austria and Switzerland. That's what it was. But I'm sure there was a Poland there one. Was, there was, there um, was. Either way, I remember in that tournament, Germany played Poland in a group and the two goal scorers were, well, Podolski had two, and I think Closer might have had an assist on yeah. one of them, and they just refused to celebrate. Which they I refused respect. to refused to I do respect. it. Yeah, and I remember thinking that was the first time. So 2008, I don't even know how old I was. Um, that was the first time I had realized that players could play for other countries if they weren't from those countries. Yes. So there you go, a little history on Liam. Quick, one other player um, that I think 
I think if you're a football fan, you know he's not underrated. But when you talk about some of the greatest footballers of all time, he's often left out of the conversation as Kaká. Yes. And I think that he did such an incredible job as an attacking midfielder. The way he would split a back line, he could play a ball over the top, he could strike a ball like no other. Mm-hmm. And the game was visibly different when Kaká was off the field and on the field. And he was, they called him the hero of San Siro. And I know that Maldini's obviously in that conversation too, but you know, he, he won a Champions League title. He won a World Cup with Brazil and both for club and country, he was an immense player. Like he had such an immense impact and on football and the sport in general, he's the guy that made me fall in love with one, the position of a midfielder and two, the, the sport. Well, for he was the last player to win a Ballon d'Or before Modric yes, won it outside yes. of Messi and Ronaldo. Yes. 2012, by the way, was Ukraine, Poland. Yes, I was just Euros. saying the split yeah. Euros. I searched that too. I'm like, I'm not crazy. I knew, I knew it was one. But yeah, Kaká was a fun one. And you know what's funny about him? Uh, he played in the MLS and nobody really remembers that he was around. Like he, how is a former Ballon d'Or winner like mentioned Love. behind, you know, like, random guys like no disrespect to Ibrahimovic but Kaka was better and like, obviously the personality puts Ibrahimovic at a higher up but like this guy's in the league it's like yeah oh but gosh. what about when Kaka played like for Orlando yeah right? and so I was working for TFC at the time I was their um, digital host I did a bunch of stuff for Toronto FC for YouTube and I obviously knew the day that Toronto FC played Orlando at BMO. I'm like, holy shit. I gotta be there. Holy shit. My, my childhood idol is going to be there. And you know, when you're in, when you're in these positions of, of work, you're not really allowed to go up to players and ask for a photo because Mm -hmm. it's quote unquote, you know, unprofessional. Unprofessional. Well, fuck professionalism because (laughs) I was like, I never missed a game that this guy played. And I, try to emulate my game as much as possible to play like Kaka. And he came off that bus. So I snuck away from work. I pre-recorded everything that I had to do. I worked like a crazy lady, snuck away and waited for him to get off the bus. Like, you know, one of those diehard yeah. fans, except I was media because I looked a little <laughs> out of place. One thing is not like the others. And I screamed his name. This is the only time I've ever done this in my life. I'm like Kaka, Kaka, Kaka. And then everyone started looking at me and they're like, you know, trying to help him get to me, snapped a photo. And it was probably the most iconic moment of my life. Like for the rest of the game at Toronto, uh, at BMO Field, I couldn't even concentrate on the game. I I was in awe and this does not happen to me. I don't get, I don't get uh, like a fangirl around celebrities or athletes, but I think because of who he was and how much I loved how he played, it was an unbelievable moment for me. Yeah, I... I've had one moment similar. Tell I, didn't, me. I didn't meet them, but I've mentioned it before. But when I watched Bolton play Manchester United at the Reebok Stadium, and yeah. you kind of sit there for a second, and you just like look in, and you say, "Oh, pass, 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 United, blah, blah, blah," and then you're like, "Oh, Rooney, Ronaldo, Berbatov, Giggs, scores." Like you listen to all these guys, yeah. and you're like, "This is unbelievable!" Like the talent is on the field right now, and you just kind of you got to almost embrace yes. the moment and just, uh, I guess, appreciate what's well, kind of in front of you in a way. That's why I love MLS and everyone can call MLS a retirement league, but until you live in North America and you're able to go to these games and watch the players you idolized growing up, Pierre Lowe, Villa, um, David Beckham, Ivan Ibrahimovic, Gerard, uh, Kaká, all these guys are coming to play right in front of you. And I don't care if they've had to slow down their game by, you know, 80% to play in MLS, I really don't care because just being able to see them, you know, if I really wanted to run on the field, I could touch them, but I'm not going to do that. It's an, it's, 
it's an honor. I, I just have extreme gratitude because again, these are guys that when I would watch when I was younger, I'm like, there's no way I'll ever see them play in person. Yeah. I think it's something that maybe over in Europe, people don't understand because exactly. it's so accessible and here we're not as lucky as that. And like with, it's even like, uh, you know, when basketball goes to England or something like that, you're like, oh, whatever. Or like the NFL and it's like, no, but that, that's how we feel mm -hmm. about the MLS when yeah. these guys come or like, like I went to a game here. It was, um, Cardiff versus Real Valavod, I think or whatever they were called. And, and it was two nothing yeah. teams, but it was like, oh, this is awesome. Like a Spanish team and yeah. like a, a former Premier League team. It was cool to see. I love it. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Okay, quickly, we, let's, let's spend like a few minutes on Mbappe and the PSG drama because I don't want to give Mbappe too much credit right now. He's making all the headlines for all the wrong reasons, but uh, very interesting situation in PSG's last game because Neymar went to go take a penalty kick mm -hmm. and Mbappe basically went up to him and said, hey, I want the ball because I want to take it. Which he had already missed one in Which, the game. Yes, yeah. with context, Neymar knows like, hey, buddy, you already took one and you missed it. So now I'm going to take the ball because let's be honest, Neymar has unbelievable. I think he has like an 82.5% success rate for both club and country when taking penalties. So this guy's, a, you know, you're going to bet on him that he's going to mm. score. And Neymar looked pissed off. And, you know, obviously... There's feuding between Neymar and Mbappe. And apparently after the game, they were in the locker room and it got heated. And Sergio Ramos had to break it up. And the last person I would want to break up my fight is Sergio Ramos because I feel like he could pop anyone at any given time and you're out like a light because this guy is just, a, he's a masher. He, mm -hmm. You know, he's one of the- He's old school. He's old school and he, he has so many red cards for a reason. And I say that respectfully because I love him as a footballer, but you know, the guy isn't afraid to- do something crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, but is this the reason why PSG is probably having a hard time in the Champions League? Because there's just so much drama in that club. You would have to imagine the egos have kind of got in there a little bit. And I think that's why they've brought in the manager that they have to try and manage mm -hmm. them and not have a manager with also a big ego. Um, 
it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because out of all of them, you would have thought Mbappe would almost be the last one if you didn't kind of know, right? Like You'd Neymar think. has always made the headlines for yeah. whatever he's done, but he almost seems like he's a level-headed guy, like trying to be a leader yeah. a bit in this situation. And Mbappe like probably wants to get the memory of him missing that penalty in the Euros against Switzerland yeah. in the shootout. And you know, you get that and then he comes on, he digs a penalty, he misses and now you want to take another one and it's like, no man, like you, we're trying to win this game here. This isn't just like yeah. a kick around. Like, and, and now you look at it and he just signed this huge ticket to stay there. Like it's, it almost feels now it's about him. Which is where, scary. Which is, especially when you're on a team with Messi and uh, Neymar. And just like a small detail about this too is something is kind of been circling around recently, but so the game, the FIFA game, mm-hmm. Mbappe is on that again. Yep. I believe for the last three years, it's just been Mbappe. I remember growing up every single year, it was a new player okay. every single year. So like, what is that? Like, maybe it's just a small thing, but is, is it him just wanting oh. all the attention? And you see stuff like this, it's like, and you know, there's even the comments, which maybe we can touch on is like him talking about like South yep. American qualification is like, you play with Neymar and Messi with two, probably the two best South American players right now. And you're out here saying their World Cup qualifying is easy when in your World Cup qualifying, you played Bosnia, Finland, Ukraine, and I believe it was Kazakhstan. It's like, he, uh, it's, I believe Peru, Colombia, Ecuador, and let's even put, I don't know, um, Chile. I love Chile, group. actually. Like, we, we talk about this, right? I think that Mbappe needs to humble himself. You are playing with two, with one of the greatest of all time, and then another unbelievable generational talent. Yeah, definitely. You would think that at Mbappe's age, which is 23, he would understand that he... he is very fortunate to be playing alongside these guys. And you would think that if he could just get along with them, the damage these three could do together. But he, we know his contract, highest paid footballer in the world right now. There is obviously rumors that he has some type of ownership at PSG. This is what happens. This is the problem when a player becomes bigger than the club. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening at PSG because PSG has just given him so much you know, room to run shit. And it's even coming down to like, people are laughing. They're saying Neymar can't take a penalty kick because Mbappe is going to say no. (laughs) And that actually, I'm going to find it. Neymar liked a tweet at the end of the game, basically saying that, which is making headlines, which is basically saying that Mbappe owns PSG and he's not happy about it. Hold on. I have to translate. Um, Just this thing you said about being bigger than the club, like, Guys in the past, like managers in the past, like Ferguson wouldn't yep. ever have allowed this to happen. There's a reason guys like Beckham left the team and like Roy Keane left yep. the team. Like they didn't leave because it's like, oh, we got a great deal. It's like, no, these guys eventually found a way, level of stardom in Beckham's case, where it was like, you're just getting yeah. too big for this and you need to move on. Like, like Ronaldo in a sense yeah. too, when he went to Real Madrid and like Keane just thought he was maybe a little bit deserved a bit more and uh-huh. then they were like okay well we're gonna move on from <laughs> you like now PSG's in a situation is where you got this 23 year old kid who <laughs> like you said like may have some like ownership stakes or whatever and it's just such a weird like what is like what has he done like you know obviously That's he it. has a world cup which he is big. yeah hats off to you but yeah, it's not just Mbappe's world cup no and like <laughs> you've won the league numerous times it's like but you've never got them. You've been to one Champions League final and you lost. And it's just like, you know what? Like, go and go and win some stuff with this team. Like, go and be, go and prove you're one of the best in the world. Because Messi's done that. 
yes. Neymar has done that too. You could say is in a sense of like he's just been consistently good for so long. Like obviously not the level of Messi, but even when he was with Barcelona, they won Champions Leagues, and that front three of him, Suarez, and Messi, like regarded as one of the best trios ever. Like people still talk about, and they have played each right. of like six years or right. whatever it's been. So like Mbappe, you're with two of those players now, and you're also the same. You're better than Suarez. Exactly. <laughs> let's be honest. When you're talking about the best footballers in the world right now, Mbappe's like an honorable mention. Mbappe, yeah. I don't even know. Is I'm not thinking about Mbappe. No. Uh, I'm I'm saying yeah, he's a really good player, but I'm not saying he's one of the the. He's not in that conversation for me right now as one of the best footballers in the game. And I just think that when you talk about these players in the past, you might have had you know a little bit of an ego and and you know managers not allowing that to happen. In my opinion, Mbappe still has so much to do to even get to that. Like, okay, this is why he's acting out. Oh, okay, this is why he has a little bit of an ego. You, you've got to prove yourself. And even and then, just what are you doing? Like, it's it makes the situation look really bad. Is is and I feel for Messi and Neymar. Me too, because even Messi, like with the Ballon d'Or thing coming back to it, like. He probably thought he was going to win another one coming to this team. Yeah. He probably thought he was going to win yeah. his Champions Leagues again. And all it's been for two years is, okay, the first year they said the situation with the manager where they didn't really get along. And now it's, okay, we've got a new manager. First game of the season was fresh. Guess who didn't play? Mbappe. <laughs> and then you look at it now and you're like, it's two games into the season and he's already headlines. Yeah. And it's just like, man, like... What is going on here? You should be winning these Champions Leagues. The thing that would be really unfortunate is if Mbappe takes that big ego that he has right now and brings it into the French team prior to the World Cup because France is obviously projected to be one of the highest contending teams at the tournament and we all know that it can take one player to destroy a team chemistry so and I don't want that for Benzema I think Benzema carries this unbelievable club run that he's had with Real Madrid and brings it into the French football team and maybe does something with France at the World Cup and I really want Mbappe to just humble himself real quick real fast and you see just on the French national team too yeah, tell the story they won one game at the Euros yeah. and I'm just looking here I knew they didn't do well I can't remember exactly so they won one game which was against Germany when Matt Hummels scored an own goal they drew 1-1 against Hungary then they drew 2-2 against Portugal and then they got knocked out after going 3-3 with uh, Switzerland where Mbappe missed the penalty and Mbappe didn't score a goal at the tournament Guys, <laughs> these are stats. We're not making this stuff up. They're and just I, stats. I'm not saying he's, saying he's not a great exactly. player. Exactly. We're is, not shitting on him. But just take a step back for a second. Realize the situation you're in. Realize the success you can have. And just go play football. This is why Messi's always been up there because he doesn't say anything like he just I, uh, maybe, I agree. maybe we've been a bit sheltered from it because he was in Spain and stuff like that. And but at the end of the day, like he I've never not nothing I can remember is Messi seeing a headline like Messi fights with Xavi and he's Honest, broken up could by you imagine? Pulo in the dressing room Puyol like and it's just like Puyol that's what? another name yeah oh. and it's just like what are we doing here like why is this even a conversation right now and you're unlocking just... core memories for me Leah <laughs> uh, no but you're right and also and Bobby, realize you're 23. You're just starting your career. Neymar's 30. Messi's, uh, Messi's 35 years old. You're playing with guys who are experienced and who, is, who have established their name, the name on the front and the name on the back. When you get to that level, then we can have these conversations. But 
I don't know. It's just, it's very unfortunate. What I will say is I'm very happy for Neymar because it seems like we're starting to get peak Neymar again. Mm -hmm. And and he scored, I think the stat is now that he's had one goal in the last 10 games, at least one goal in the last 10 games dating back to last season. And no one is rooting harder for Neymar than me because like I said, in that 2018 World Cup, I was just really upset with him with how, with how much diving he had. And I hope that he kind of turns the, he changes the tide going into this 2022. Me too. And I... I want to see it just because on his day, he's one of the best players in the world. Yes. And yes. It, he's a fun player to watch. And one last thing on Mbappe before we move on. If he's not careful, like you just said, the ages of Messi and Neymar, like they're done. Yeah. They don't want to stick around and with your nonsense and you'll blink and they'll be gone. And yeah. then you've already signed this big ticket with them. Like obviously PSG yeah. can go out and buy big players, but... How many of them are going to be as good as Messi? Probably zero. And yes. to be on the standards of Neymar, like you're going to be lucky to yeah. find those guys. Like, so we'll see what happens. But messy situation. Yeah, in it, PSG. I love that. Or Sergio Ramos <laughs> going to pop him in the face. Um, all right, Sadia A. Let's dedicate the rest of the episode to Sadia A because they this league deserves credit because again, one of my favorite, probably my f- absolute favorite league growing up, the best league when I was growing up. It the Premier League was there, but Sadia A was the number one, and it has been making a comeback, Liam. Yeah, this. There's a lot of good teams now, and it's it feels it feels like the Premier League. Yes, where the sense that there's a title race. Maybe it's only a couple of teams, but then there's the Champions League race, and you have the European, the mm-hmm. Europa League, and Europa Conference League race. And it's like good teams are going to miss out on European football this year, and it's exciting. Like I, I was quite a few games this weekend, and For you. it's uh it's fun, and it feels like at times are changing in the sense of like Milan's back. Inter's on Inter's like right up there again Juventus is kind of with them too even like Roma Lazio like Fiorentina is another good team again and like Atalanta is a team who kind of was filling those spots whilst those teams were figuring out have maybe dropped off a bit but they're still a really promising team and like uh, I think there's one team I didn't even mention Lazio did I say Lazio? You said I I believe you do yeah well either way there's a lot of teams and and it's 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 really fun like then actually so I watched Napoli and um, Verona was finished 5-2. Napoli had five different goal scorers. And so Napoli have lost a, a ton of guys. There's some like Kula Bali went to Chelsea. Yes. Oh, which I loved him for Chelsea. Yeah. So that's a big We didn't move. talk about him, I don't think. No, like we haven't spoken about him much. And he's okay, just this been next like, time, guys. We have so much. And he's been such a great player for them. Right, I wrote it I down. Know. Insignia, Toronto, yeah. obviously. Like uh, <laughs> Mertens, like he's their all-time yeah. leading goal scorer. And there's a couple other guys too. And it's just like... The question coming into it was like, how are they going to fill these voids? Yep. And they just kind of, they just kind of did. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a guy. I, I'm going to try and say his name. Do it, do it, Liam. <sighs> Where's number seventy-seven? If anyone's trying to figure out what I'm talking about, Kravra Tasklia. Okay. I think is how you say it. He's a uh, Georgian international. Wow. Yeah. He's only twenty-one. He is phenomenal. Player like, to watch then. Play, I would okay. watch him a lot. Okay. And if you can say his name too, just send <laughs> me a voicemail know. or something. <laughs> Which we're going to set up, by the way. We're going to set up right. a kickback voicemail. Go ahead. So he was really good. And then midfield, they were just clicking so well. They, they, Zielinski is the, the main guy in that midfield. Polish. Polish. Zielinski. Yeah. Zielinski. There you go. And he was so fun to watch. He's definitely the the more threatening player in the, in the group there. And I'm trying to figure out what the name of the other gentleman was. Number 68. I had it in my head. Now I just forgot all the okay. names. It's um, a lot of uh, hard names for you to pronounce anyways. Zobotka. Zobotka. 
Sobotka. Sobotka. Okay. Okay. He's a Slovakian. <laughs> so he's filling the role of, uh, I believe, Fabian Ruiz. He was unbelievable. Okay. Like, and he, he kind of played a bit of a Casemiro role in the sense of nice. just short passes, connecting everything. Like, there was nothing risky about his game, but nothing was getting by him. He was really dictating the play in the middle. And then he had a really nice goal too, just kind of came in through, like they found him at the top of the box and seized part yeah. for him, right through, slide in. And then they have another guy who won number 99, Zambo. Fulham fans might remember him. He played in the Premier League with them, the, not last time they came up, but maybe the one yeah. before, something like that. And he's more of the, the muscle in the midfield, like Crazy. massive guy. They're a fun team to watch. And they have uh, Oshiman's a striker for them too, who's really good. So Napoli... I don't think people had high expectations coming in, but now definitely have them. Okay, so perfect, perfect segue into what I'm thinking. Serie A is making a comeback because there's just such a high level of uncertainty with who's going to win the Scudetto, which the last time we had that was when I was growing up in the 2000s. Napoli has not won a Scudetto since Maradona, which dates back to... The 80s? Yes, the yeah. 80s. Uh, their best finish. Okay, and their best finish was in 2020, uh, 2012 when they came second in Serie A. So they have a lot to... Prove, and mm. I felt I feel like Napoli fans almost want it for Maradona because he passed away not too long ago. So that would be just such a storyline. I mean, think about it. How long has it been since they've been in the conversation in the mix to win the league? Yeah, well, like you said, they finished second that one yeah. year, and then all the other times, it always feels like they've always been mm -hmm. the um, almost the arsenal of the Serie yeah. A in a way, where it's like they've had good history, but right now they're kind of the team that like could push but he's yes. almost just fighting for a Champions League spot like that would be really fun to see them push and like I guess another team kind of in that category is Roma oh. and I know you're yeah, Jose Mourinho's number one fan yeah and you know Jose Mourinho is my number one manager because just he's you know a head case and I always loved watching mm -hmm. him in the Premier League lose it and when he went to Serie A I was like oh I wonder how that's going to work out and you know he had an unbelievable impact on on Roma he brought them basically back to life they hadn't won a trophy in 14 years prior to Mourinho and then with him won the Europa Conference League title so that was Mourinho's fifth major European title with four different clubs and that's never been done before so immediately after that moment there were rumors circulating that Jose Mourinho was going to leave Roma and within that press conference he says he shut them down he shut them down hard and quick and said I'm not leaving which yeah. I think speaks volumes to how he feels about the club, the environment, how how he's probably made Italy his home. And also the players have to respect a manager like that. So Roma are my team to watch for many reasons. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they found their life again and they have a lifeline. But Jose Mourinho is just such an incredible coach who has found success with so many different teams. And I think he has... He has the magic and the tricks to do something really cool with Roma. And I, I think you look back at his time when he was with Inter Milan as well and like what he yes. was able to accomplish yes. there. Like he he knows the Italian game well and I can see why he would stay there. And like you said kind of off the top, like Serie is wide open. Yeah. There's no reason like Roma couldn't I mean put together. Like they just got Paolo Dybala and He's an unbelievable player. I think I'm from Juventus. And that front three now they have of Zaniola, Dybala, and uh, Tammy Abraham. Like That th front three, like Zaniola could have a hat-trick yeah. in the first half. And they just, they just kind of need to figure each other out a little bit. And you could see 
it could have easily been five nothing at halftime, to be honest. Like the game was all theirs and and the possession was close. It was fifty two to forty eight, forty eight being Roma, and they just didn't really care that they had the ball and uh, it didn't matter if they had the ball because right. they weren't doing anything with it. And it was just felt like Jose Mourinho's kind of style and I love you know, that. they play um Juventus in a couple of weeks. I'm really excited to see that game. I am making this vow to everyone as a Milanista to continue watching Serie A now it's been so hard there's so many games on at the same time and obviously now we're adults right Liam like adulting we have work (laughs) we have a full-time job but when you look at the Serie A standings right now the first 10 teams are all tied with three points everybody like that's actually (laughs) effing crazy yeah it was uh, it was fun though it's so fun and this is exactly what makes this league exciting you could have a team like let's take Juventus for example last season was the first time in a decade that they had a trophyless season. Everyone started panicking, saying they need to rebuild. The Juventus days that we knew are are, are dead and gone. Now, you know, they're they're being they're in the conversation for winning Serie A. Granted, their two-star players are, are facing injury, but we're at the start of the season, so hopefully, you know, that get that gets cleared up real quick. Yeah, the Di Maria injury, I hope it's not too long. I believe you might only miss it one game. Yeah. But he was he was the talisman for him. He was a, the heartbeat of that team, definitely. I and love Di Maria. Yeah, I like him too. And he always feels like he's the guy that gets tossed to the side a little bit. I agree. We, we should make an episode on underrated players. Yeah, yeah. Like, they, there's two of them we mentioned today, Mueller yeah. and Di Maria. But like, you look at the teams he's been on, like, there's a reason he's been on Real Madrid United, like, PSG. And, like, when you look at Argentina, it's, it's him and Messi. Exactly. And now we're looking at a similar situation in Juventus. And they need him yeah. more than he needs them, I guess you could say. So this week, Juventus play Sampdoria. They weren't that convincing this past weekend. Okay. They they did well, but I feel like there's just a little bit more in the tank. But I, it was kind of funny, not funny in a way, not of what happened, but I was thinking, I was like, man, like if Di Maria goes down, like I'm not sure what this team's going to look like. Like, and then unfortunately it happened like and we'll see this week like i'll watch the game against Sampdoria this week and see how it kind of goes they'll be fine yeah but it's definitely be a different style of football and i guess last team we'll mention quickly please let it be ac milan i was gonna say we'll talk about please. ac milan this is my <laughs> this is my prediction to win the scudetto and you know i i was reading that they had an unbelievable game on the weekend against udinese so Last season, they won the Scudetto first time in 11 years. Uh, iconic moment for Zlatan Ibrahimovic because 11 years ago, he won it with AC Milan. And then he here he is with the club again, 11 years later, winning it. A handful of years ago, they were on the verge of folding and they've risen. They have risen from the top. And I think that they're going to be able to do it back to back. That was their 19th Scudetto title last season. I think they're going to make it 20. I think if Zlatan can play with a torn AC for six freaking months like an absolute robot that he is uh, I'm not betting against that type of high level mentality and nothing would make me happier as a Milanista they uh, they're fun they're so they're fun very fun to watch um, so they won 4-2 against Udinese yep and actually were down in the game in the first like two minutes of the game so apparently the, the Udinese defender that scored has only got like five Serie A goals and three of them are against AC Milan, which is quite funny. It's so funny. So they were saying on the commentators, oh, they got to sign this guy. He keeps scoring against them, but they found a way to come back. Um, Cala, God, these Italian names. Cala Riba okay. is their captain. He was unbelievable and he was playing right back and he was 
he he drew a penalty. He had a really good cross in on the uh, the second goal, which was Rebic, who I'll get to in a second. Dude, he's on fire. Yeah, he was. This guy's good. He was really good, and I'm glad he's back from injury now. Like I just pulled it up here, he only played started in six games last season. You know, and like only scored two goals, and now he Love only has stories. two goals. He has two goals already this season, and they were both while taking goals. And you can see like almost a man with confidence. Yeah. So we'll see how that progresses. Uh, Diaz was great for AC Milan too in the center attacking mid. I'm excited to see him. They were saying on the commentary that he had COVID to start last season and he never really picked himself up from there. I believe he's a former Manchester Manchester City Academy player. Okay. I'm excited for this team. I'm excited to watch him in the Champions League because now I feel like they have a team that can not can compete for oh. the Champions League, but can compete for the a group at least and like go into the next round and be like, okay, we can win this leg and move on to whatever next stages from there. And, but the sky's the limit from this team. And I think it's just going to keep growing. I don't care what I have in the day. My That's time will one. be set aside to watch <laughs> AC Milan in the champions league. I like they're, nothing yeah. will make me happier. They're, they're just it's been a, so long. <laughs> <laughs> they're a historic team. And I, I always like seeing those teams kind of come back yes. and be, be what they're supposed to be, I guess you could say. And there's Raphael Leal. Raphael Leal is one guy I didn't mention. He's a Ballon d'Or. I nice. actually didn't think he played that well. He had a good chance towards the end of the game, but yeah. they won 4-2 and arguably their best player Amazing. didn't play well at all. So we'll see what happens when they come up this week. Um, I'm not sure who's on the schedule, but either way, like I'm excited to watch AC Milan. Oh, Atalanta. Yes. That'll be a really good game. And then the last team I'll mention was uh, Lazio. I watched them last night. Yeah. Tell everyone your, your take on Lazio. I So it was a very violent game, first <laughs> of all. And I'm just... Lazio for me has always kind of been that team. It's like, they're just the guys who are always yelling at the ref. And I feel like it's just a mentality they have around there. And it's exactly what happened last night. Love it. And it was a moment when um, one of their players was taken down in the box and the penalty wasn't called because it wasn't a penalty. Yeah. And the play continued on. And instead of Lazari, that was his name. I was looking for it in my notes. And instead of playing on, Lazari ran directly to the referee and just started screaming at him. And it's like, the play is going on. You're the right back and you're in the penalty box and now they're on the attack and you're just in the box though screaming at the ref and it's just like, what is going on? And he was, so Lazio's goalie got a red card within the first four minutes of the game. Oh shit, what did he do? Sliding out of the box and picking up the ball. Like it was oh, kind of on okay. the end. It was yeah. a tough one, so, but it was definitely, yeah. definitely a red card for what happened. So they pulled in their other one. That was his debut too. Maximi Maximiliano from the Granada they're going from. And then, oh, Max. Yeah, good old Max. <laughs> and then Bologna had a guy, Adam, and he was so aggressive. Like, I've never seen someone kind of tackle like him. Like, his yellow card was almost a rugby tackle. And then his second one was literally, so there was three minutes out of time. This must have been like 47-37 or something. Like, it was pretty much halftime. Yeah. Out of nowhere, just clean this guy out, red card. It's just like, you just, Crazy. what are you doing? One of so, those uh, Serie A matches where you know the Italians are bringing the spice. Yeah, there was definitely spice some was spice brought. in that for sure. Spice was brought. Uh, late winner, I believe 78th minute, Immobile scored. Like, is it, nice. he's the goal machine. Uh Big time players show up, like we said. With yes, Ryan, uh, Ro that's our, that's our kickback. Harry Kane, yeah. <laughs> that's our kickback motto. Uh, quickly, who's your prediction for Scudetto? I will go with. 
I'll go with Inter Milan. Nice. Yeah. Oh my God, my rival? <laughs> yeah. Damn it, I Liam. Have to. That's what I'll go Damn. with. I'll go with Inter. Okay, Luka- shit, Luka- it's on. Lukaku's back, so we'll see what happens with him. I think Inter will take it, but I do think it'll be those two battling it out, which I'm excited to have that Milan back again, like those two competing at the top. It's on, so. co-host. <laughs> um, all right, guys, that's been episode five. Quickly, if you have not seen Toronto FC's goal by Krishito, mm. you have to go see it. It was an incredible, incredible goal. I think maybe even candidate for goal of the year. So go check it out. Always good to see these Italian footballers in major league soccer, which is exactly what we spoke to on our show today. And yeah, please like share, subscribe. If you're listening, give us a nice five-star rating. It really helps us out if you download the episode. So please do that. And Liam and I will be back next week with hopefully something positive to report on Manchester United. Yeah. Monday (laughs) night relegation bell. Look out for our predictions on the 90th minute too. Yes, exactly. That's done by Liam. He's the best. Bye guys. That's a wrap for another episode of Kickback and thanks so much for listening. You can catch Caroline and Liam here every single week on Tuesdays and Thursdays to give you the latest rundown on all things football. Please don't forget to subscribe and give us a nice five-star rating. Please and thank you. And for even more Kickback content, follow the 90th Minute on all your favorite social channels. See you next time. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 